Blog Talk Radio.
hello. Welcome to tonight's show. I am your host tonight, Tanisha. Other normal host, Terrence, he is working tonight, so it's just me. <clears throat> Today is August 23rd. It's 2023, 7:10 p.m. Central Standard Time. Thank you for tuning in tonight. So glad that you are here. Um, a lot of exciting things going on um, in our world. A lot of exciting things going on in the prophetic realm. I'm going to give you a scripture that the Lord gave me right before the show started. And this was this is for me, too. Um, this is one that he's been ministering to me a lot this year, which is we're going to go in James chapter 1, verse 4. And let endurance have its perfect result and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith, lacking in nothing. This is such a significant scripture. Let's read, let's go back and read verses two through four so we can get a better understanding of what is the scripture talking about. So I'm reading this at the Amplified. Consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials. Be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance, leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. And let endurance have its perfect result and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith, lacking in nothing. So it's talking about trials. And this is so on point because we was dealing with something. Well, it seems like. I don't know about you guys, but for Terrence and I, there's been little little things that's been coming against us recently. Little things that are, they're laughable because they're in direct opposition of words that God has given us that he's told us is like that we're on the brink of it coming to pass. So I'm like, okay, I see what's happening here. Like the enemy's trying to get one more stab in to try to rattle our, our faith. But um, literally even had an incident yesterday and we just literally laughed. We just laughed about it because it was so obvious what was going on because we're at that point where, you know, we, we just trust what God says. We don't have to have any proof or anything like that. Our, our faith is becoming stronger um, because we're just seeing prophecy come to pass more and more. Um, and when you see it come to pass more and more, you you gain more faith for it. I mean, you always keep believing, you keep believing, you keep believing, but then when you start to see it, it just boosts your faith. And so when when we had an incident happen yesterday, we were just like, I mean, literally like just belly laughing because it was just so funny. Um, but you do have to really consider joy when those trials come your way and be assured that it's a testing of your faith. I mean, nothing that God allows is set to um, destroy you or harm you. It's always for your good. Um, but in, in this case, when those trials come, um, and, it, and it's a testing of your, your faith, it produces endurance, right? Endurance. And endurance is something that's needed to, to go the distance. Um, and endurance, you're supposed to let endurance have its perfect work, right? Result, per, have a perfect result and do a thorough work so that we could be perfect and completely developed in our faith lacking in nothing. Lacking in nothing. When we are fully developed and completely developed in our faith, we lack nothing. Why? Because our faith helps us believe for the things that we can't see. You know, we can't walk by sight. We have to walk by faith and not by sight. And so when we're fully uh, developed in our faith, 
we will never lack because we'll go to God with everything. Whatever God says, we'll have faith for it. And that's just, that's just it. So we're not going to worry ourselves. We're not going to stress ourselves because we know that whatever God says, we have faith for it. And that's just where we're at um, in our personal lives. There's been some things that we've been believing for a very long time. Um, there's been some things we've been believing for a short time, but some, but we're starting to see like, it's like you've been walking a long journey in a forest and you just keep seeing leaves after leaves. You got your machete, you're cutting things down, you're going, you're going, you're going, and now you finally see a clearing. And that's where we are. We're like, we're finally seeing a clearing. And it's so exciting because you get to the point where you keep walking and just clearing them, you know, those branches and the leaves. And you're like, what is going on? Like, is it, am I ever going to stop walking <laughs> in this forest? But we are. Um, so that's where we are. Very excited about that. And just wanted to encourage you um, tonight to, to let endurance do what it does. What is endurance? Let's look up the word endurance because we hear it, right? We, we kind of know it, but let's, Let's define it. Endurance. Okay, my phone wants to be slow. Probably because I have too many screens open on my phone. Let me close some of these out. Here we go. Okay. So, the definition of endurance is the ability to withstand hardship or adversity, especially the ability to sustain a prolonged stressful effort or activity, the act or an instance of enduring or suffering. Mm. Um, so some of the synonyms, right? So words that mean the same thing pretty much. Durability, persistence, uh, continuation. So that's what we are allowing to take place when we uh, – work through our, our, our trials and, and stand in faith. So again, let's read again, verses two through four, James chapter one. Consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials, be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance, leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. And let endurance have its perfect result and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith, lacking in Nothing. So we're supposed to yield to it, right? Because it says, and let endurance have its perfect result. Let's read that out of another translation. Let's compare it. King James for verse 4 says, but let patience have her perfect work that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. NIV says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Um. And let's go to the New Living Translation. So let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. So one of the things that, you know, I'm, that's standing out to me is, is allowance, right? So New, New Living says, so let it grow, it being um, uh, endurance. NIV says, let perseverance finish, right? Let, okay? King James says, but let patience have her perfect work. And again, amplified says, and let endurance have its perfect result and do a thorough work. So if, if we're being told to let something do what it needs to do, that means that we have the ability to block it because sometimes we're fighting against it. So let's make sure that we're yielding. Let's just yield to the endurance, not grow weary in well-doing, so just let 
it do what it do and not get impatient and not try to um, try to stop it, right? Because endurance, again, if we define it, let's go back to the definition, um, to withstand, right? To withstand hardship or adversity, uh, to sustain a prolonged stressful effort or an activity. So we have to just withstand because sometimes it's easy to find something in our human ability to stop the adversity, to stop the hardship, right? To stop the effort of whatever the event is or to stop the activity. And, and then now we're, in, now we're in God's way. But we have to let it. We have to yield to it and let God's timing be God's timing. And sometimes that's not, you know, that's not easy. And I'm not saying um, that it's an easy thing, but it's, it's doable. And, we're, and this is what we're instructed to do. And then not only are we instructed to do it, but we're told why we should do it. Why are we letting um, endurance have its perfect work? Let's read. Again, it says, and let endurance have its perfect result and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith lacking in nothing. This is what you want. Times are going to get a little, a little crazy. Um, and, and we need to not be lacking in our faith. You know, it, it is coming out. God, God has been speaking. He's been speaking. And he who hath an ear, let him hear what the spirit of God is saying. But God has been preparing us for even like what's about to happen, right? With the financial system crashing, um, with the, the next round of lockdowns and, and masking and all that. And I've been talking to people about it, like people in my personal life, and they're like, eh, you know, you can tell when people are just, they're listening, but they don't really believe what you're saying. And, and so to me, it's funny how this week now it's being announced in, in major media, not just tin hat foil people, right? That's what they're calling all of us now, or the tin hat foil society or the conspiracy theorists, you know, they're putting all these labels on us. Um, but it's funny how um, now it's coming to pass and it's it's being reported by major um, <clears throat> news outlets or ones that the world considers reputable, right, that they are going to start enacting um, uh, mass policies again, that they are pushing this new shot, right, a new booster is coming out next month, that they're possibly going to be shutdowns again, uh, social distancing. So it's all like, this. it's like, you know, rinse, repeat, you know, it's, it's going to happen again. And people will say, oh, no, that's not going to happen because of, the, you know, how everything went down the first go around. And, you know, those of us who know, we're like, no, there's going to be another round, what, what they're calling another round. Um, they're going to bring more fear. They're going to want more people to get, you know, shots. They're going to try to shut things down again. Um, it's all a setup because what happened during the first shutdown, well, a lot of small businesses went out of out of service, never to return. Um, a lot of things took place beyond just uh, shutting down. A lot of people moved industries because they looked at it like, well, if this happens again, not in a position to lose money. What I see, you know, is well, the you know, this is a setup so that certain industries can be government ran, right? Um, so that there's not a lot of competition in, in certain industries by wiping out the smaller guys. So I, I see it prophetically what's what's happening. You know, some people just see things in the natural and they all oh, just 
go with the explanation provided, but I see beyond what's going on in the natural. And I see the leading up to this one world government. I see the leading up to this one world monetary system. I see it. So to me, it's, it's um, interesting how this week stuff that's been said that people were being called crazy about is now being reported by major news media. It seems to me like the tin hat foil people are getting it right. <laughs> As they're calling them the tin hat foil people, the conspiracy theorists, and, you know, all these kooky names to try to give people to try to discredit them. Um, but we know what's going on. So it's important for us to be able to endure, right? It's important because things are shifting, things are changing, things are going to change fast. Um, they had a storm in California in, uh, in in LA and San Diego and you know all that type of area and well the news was reporting like oh man they're clutching over the trees so that they can stay afloat and the streets are flooded out cars are going everywhere this is so terrible and I know people that live there they're like what so not happening this is like a normal like it's just a bad storm like it's no big deal so things are being reported that are not completely accurate and now. Um, some major like search engines and things like that are starting to um, censor information that's being found that you might search for. So it's going to get to the point where, mm, can you really trust the news? Have you ever really been able to? Uh, I don't think so. So it's going to be really important that us as believers, that we're really hearing God clearly, that we're hearing God, because what they're going to be telling us a lot of it's not going to be what God's telling us, right? They're going to say, oh, no, everything's fine over here, and it's falling apart. They're going to say, oh, my gosh, everything's crazy and wild over there. Meanwhile, it's not. You know, it's very important that you are in tune with the Lord. It's very important that you are um, strengthening your relationship. It's very important that you are reading the Word so that you know what the Word says. Just was having this talk with our children uh, this week in talking to them about standards and talking to them about what is acceptable, you know, um, I'm like lawful and legal doesn't make it acceptable. Only God determines if something is right or wrong. People don't have that ability. They try to, right? They, they, they want to, but that doesn't make it right. And so we were talking to our children this week about um, right and wrong. What makes something right? Does it make it just because it's legal? Is it right? No. We have to know what's right by reading the word of God and what God says is right is right and what God says is wrong is wrong. It doesn't matter if it's legal or lawful or socially acceptable. That doesn't make it right or okay. That makes it right and okay with those people. But those people don't make or break. Those people didn't create. Those people don't purpose. Those people don't have a plan with an expected end. Those people didn't die on a cross for you. And when you die, you will stand in judgment before those people. So their their right or wrong don't really matter in the grand scheme of things. You know, what God says is right or wrong is what matters. Pleasing him is what matters. We got to get out of people pleasing um, and, and, and march into the beat of people's drums. We got to come up out of that. And we have to stand by what God says and we have to operate according to his ways because that's the only way to truly have success. That's the way. God has given us the blueprint. He's given us the instructions. He's given us the map. And if we stray from that, we set ourselves up for the same pitfalls um, 
of the world. We are coming into a season, a, a blood over the doorpost season. We're coming into that as a body of Christ. What is that, right? You say, what is that, Tanisha? What are you talking about? Well, when you look at the plagues, study the plagues. I want you to go and study the plagues. Let's, let's go real quick. Let's go to the blood over the doorpost. Let's read it. So let's go to Exodus 12, okay? I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. Exodus 12, we're going to start verse 21. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go and take a lamb for yourselves according to the size of your families and slaughter the Passover lamb. You shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood, which is in the basin, and touch some of the blood to the lintel above the doorway and to the two doorposts, and none of you shall go outside the door of his house until morning. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians And when he sees the blood on the lintel above the entryway and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to slay you. You shall observe this event concerning Passover as an ordinance for you and for your children forever. So this was instruction. So prior to this, there was all these plagues, all these things happening to the Egyptians, right? That So if you want to read about it, um, go into the story of Moses, right? So go into Exodus and read the story um, of Moses. but or, or just study the plagues of Egypt. Just study the plagues. When you study the plagues, they were directly affecting the Egyptians, right? The children of Israel, they didn't have to do anything. It just was, and, and, and the word will talk about the contrast, how like it would affect you know, the Egyptians' crops, but not the, the not the children of Israel, where it affect their households, not the children of Israel. They're, the children of Israel didn't do anything but observe what was going on. But it wasn't until this last plague that they were told to do something to prevent what God was going to unleash from affecting them. So they were given instructions on what to do, right? Put the blood over the doorpost, right, on the lintel on the doorpost, and then they were told why. Because the Lord's going to come and do, you know, what he does. And when he sees that blood, it's not going to happen to your household. So the reason why they weren't affected is because they were obedient. They they did what they were instructed because when the, when the Lord sent that angel, right, that spirit of the Lord to come into the land, every household that saw that had the blood wasn't affected. Let's read. Let's go more. Let's uh, so verse. Uh, let's keep reading. Um, twenty-four. Let's start. Let's let's go back to twenty-four. You shall observe this event concerning Passover as an ordinance for you and for your children forever, when you enter the land which the Lord will give you. As he has promised, you shall keep and observe this service. When your children say to you, what does this service mean to you? You shall say, it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover. For he passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt 
when he struck the Egyptians but spared our houses. And the people bowed their heads low and worshiped God. Then the Israelites went and did as they had been told, just as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. Now it happened at midnight that the Lord struck every firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh, who sat on his throne, to the firstborn of the prisoner, who was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of the cattle. Pharaoh got up in the night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry of heartache and sorrow in Egypt, for there was no house where there was not someone dead. So everybody was affected in Egypt. But why wasn't the children of Israel? Because it says, then the Israelites went and did as they had been told, just as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. That's why they weren't affected. Because again, when we read up, verse 23, it says, for the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians. So the Lord's telling them, why he's doing what he's doing and who it's intended for. It's for the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel above the entryway and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to slay you. So they had to do something too to ensure that they were not subject to what the Lord intended to do to the Egyptians. Because he could have just went in and just took the firstborn of the Egyptians like he did. But he made it to where they had to have an act of obedience to avoid what was going down with the Egyptians. And we are about to enter into a season of the blood over the doorpost. Where the Lord's going to unleash things that are not intended for us. It's intended for the world. To show them who's in charge. To show them who is God to show them where their real help comes from, to show them where the only sense of security is. And us as believers, in order for us to not be affected by the things, we are going to have to be obedient, like the children of Israel were obedient. It says they did what they were. They did everything that Moses and Aaron told them. They, did, they, they followed the command of the Lord. Because then the Israelites, verse 20, then the Israelites went and did as they had been told, just as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. They did everything that Moses and Aaron told them to do, as thus saith the Lord. And this is what we're going to have to do to to, to avoid what the Lord is going to unleash on the world, because it's not for us. But our disobedience can affect us, can cause us to be affected the same way because we we not where we need to be. We're not doing what we need what we need to do. Because really think about break break that down. Lord said, I'm about to do this. You do this because I'm doing this. And if you do this, then that's not going to affect you. He why did he do it? He didn't have to do that. He could have just went in like he had been doing with them plagues. They wasn't doing nothing. They wasn't he wasn't saying put buck spray around your house and and do this to your drinking water and do this to your, your animals and so on and so forth. No, he was just doing what he was doing against the Egyptians and they just wasn't being affected. But why this one? Why with this one did they have to put some skin in the game? Why did they have to be obedient to prevent that from happening to them? Ask yourself these questions because everything God does is in, intentional. 
And it's always a parallel to show that we, we got to do things too to, to reap the, the protection of the Lord. We have to put some skin in the game too. And we're coming into a season of that. I mean, we should be doing that anyway, but we're coming to a season where the stakes are higher. Because when you start to read the plagues, they, they, they were getting progressively worse. And then with, when this happened to their firstborn, that's, that was irreversible. You can't bring that. They was, they was gone. Them firstborn was, was out of here. You know, the other stuff they dealt with were things that could be corrected, right? The, the river turning into blood eventually you can get clean. Your animals dying, you can grow more animals. You being infected with lice, you, you can get rid of that. You know, that was, there was the first, the plagues were, were, were not fun things, were not things that you want to experience, but things that could be corrected. But that last final one was something that was not reversible. So, have an ear to hear what the Lord is saying and be obedient. Don't put logic in, oh, that doesn't make any sense. I, I've told y'all time and time again, as, as many years as I've been doing uh, shows on PGN, I've repeated myself on several times about times where the Lord has told me to do things that did not make sense, but panned out for my good and, and told me not to do things that made sense. One of the things he told me not to do is in direct correlation to something that we know that we're on the brink of coming to pass, a prophecy. It, and, it was, and we were going through some suffering. And there was something I could have done legally to end it. And the Lord told me to do nothing. I'll take care of it. And now we're on the brink of, of seeing what he said. And now it makes sense why he didn't allow it then, but is going to allow it now. So if I would have been disobedient now, once I'm disobedient, now I'm taking myself under the awning of God's protection. Now I'm exposed. Now that hungry lion seeking whom he may devour, now he spots me. Oh, there she is. She came out of her rock. She came out the cave. Came out the, the, the secret place. So we got to be mindful in the things that we do because you... When, We've got to be obedient because we don't know what's at stake. Just like the Egyptians, they didn't know what was going to come next with each plague. They had no clue. You know, they didn't know flies was coming in, frogs and all sorts of mess. They had no idea. No idea. So, I can't stress enough. Incline your ear to the Lord. Not the world. The world's going to say all sorts of stuff. The world lies. The world is not your friend. You cannot serve the world and serve God. They are on complete opposite ends. Complete opposite ends. Get into your word so that you know what the Lord has to say about things and be obedient because you don't know what's coming. I don't know what's coming. 
I know some things that are coming, but I don't know everything. I'm not all-knowing. I am a servant of the Most High God who is all-knowing, and he makes known to me what he wants me to know. But I know I'm I'm trying to be under the protection of the Lord. I'm not trying to come about of my, my, my secret place. I'm not trying to partake in the death of the world and the destruction. Because I think it's a game. I think it's, 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 it's all fun. It's all fun and game, so things are getting snatched. It's all fun and game, so everything that made you feel secure and bold are no longer. It's all fun and game, so the rug is snatched up under your feet and you're kicked into the pit. And we're going to see it, but it's not for us to suffer. Because the children of, of Israel, they saw what went down. Can you imagine how those cries sounded? Every single household was affected. Every single one. Let's go back to that scripture. Let's go back to Exodus. Um, Exodus 12:30. Pharaoh got up in the night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry of heartache and sorrow in Egypt, for there was no house where there was not someone dead. Every single house between Pharaoh, his servants, and all of the Egyptians, not one house, for there was no house where there was not someone dead. And there was a great cry. Can you imagine that sound? So they saw it. The children of Israel, they saw it. They heard it, but it didn't it didn't touch them. And we're going to see that in the world. We're gonna we're gonna see things in the world. It's gonna be devastating. It's gonna be sad. It's not gonna affect us, but we're gonna see it. And we're going to be so grateful that we are not part of it, right? Can you imagine how how tight they hugged their kids knowing that every one of that, not one household wasn't, there wasn't somebody dead and not one household, not one, nobody was spared. Nobody was spared. Not one household was spared. Can you imagine that? Like put your mind there. Use your imagination. Knowing everybody around you that's like unbelievers, so they're like the Egyptians, and then you find out every single last one of them that's not a follower of Christ, something happened in their household. They were affected negatively. You and and all the other believers were not. They're all crying, and yeah, that's going to affect you. If you're a human being, I'm affected by human emotion when when people are sad. I like to watch court cases and things and follow cases and yeah, it affects me to see, you know, a mother crying behind a murdered child or, you know, anything where there's sorrow. But so, yeah, they, they were affected in the sense of, of sympathizing, but they weren't affected as far as they're the ones crying because they're the ones who suffered a loss that could not be reversed. They wasn't just trying to get frogs out their yard with this one. They wasn't just trying to, you know, shoot flies away, put Irish Spring in their front yard, right? Because I don't know if you guys know that, but Irish Spring, for some reason, flies don't like the scent. And they, it, it's a deterrent. That way you don't have to get those stinky fly bags from 
from the hardware stores. Those things stink. They work, but they stink. But it's beyond that. This is somebody dead in every household. Something major had happened. And so we're going to come into a season where major things are going to be happening. I don't know if it's going to be death. Again, I don't know. I'm not all-knowing. I just know that we're coming into a season of the door over the, the blood post. This is something the Lord has been ministering to me through the year. Every year on my social media, I post what um, what the year is. And I've read several times <clears throat> Excuse me, what this year is. And uh, for this year, it is... Uh, 2023 equals God restoring breakthroughs and exposure. Um, and I really uh, believe 2024 is going to be a year of uh, um, one of the things is going to be uh, blood over the doorpost. It's going to be one of them. And, and I know another one of them is going to be um, uh, to the, like the, the money changers <laughs> tables being knocked over, like stop selling the gospel. Like, Stop it, you know. Um, but the Lord always gives them to me right before uh, each year comes in. Uh, but I've been sensing this blood over the door postseason for a while. I've talked about it even on the show um, before, but it's just I'm sensing it a lot stronger. I'm sensing there's going to be a lot of change after September. Terrence and I have talked about that with Randy and talked about it um, even on the show that we know that September, there's something significant about September. And it's not very far off, right? Um, I'm praying for a lot of reform in our courts out here in Texas. I know there's supposed to be some sessions and things about uh, family courts. As our family courts are very corrupt. Uh, they hate fathers. And um, I've been praying that uh, God will... Uh, overturn some things, but I know that there's supposed to be some changes made in September even concerning that, but even some things personal with Terrence and I, we believe there's some personal things, some prophecies that's going to come take place in September. So I think that we're going to see a lot of change um, as a body of Christ, a lot of changes, good changes, right, um, in September leading into the end of the year. But um, we're also going to see a lot of, of, of stuff going on in the world. Again, hearing talks about mask mandates coming back, shutdowns, you know, uh, shot requirements, all this kind of stuff. So we just got to be ready for what the world is gearing up for. But we, we just seek the Lord for our direction and for our answers and what to do. That's what we do so that we're under the protection. Because when you just figure it out on your own, you're, you're not under any protection. Your intellect cannot protect you. Right? Your connections cannot protect you. Your money can't protect you. No, there's no real protection outside of God. Because look at look at what, what it says. Let's go back. Let's break this down a little further and then I'm gonna pray. Let's break this down a little further. Back to verse thirty, right? Exodus twelve thirty. Pharaoh got up in the middle. Oh, I'm sorry, Pharaoh got up in the night. He and all his servants and all the Egyptians. And there was a great cry of heartache and sorrow in Egypt, for there was no house where there was not someone dead. So this, everything that the word breaks down is intentional. So it shows Pharaoh, his servants, and all of the Egyptians. Why did it just say the Egyptians? Why did it break it down like that? Because God is trying to show you something. Pharaoh was the highest, right? It's showing the, 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 the chain of, of command, 
right, or the chain of importance, or or, or the chain of 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 uh, power, right? So Pharaoh's on the top, right, and then under Pharaoh would be his people, and then under his people would be the, the people that they rule. So now one person was spared, Pharaoh and all his riches. And imagine how much money Pharaoh had. That didn't save him. That title didn't save him. He's the Pharaoh. That meant zero. Probably connected, got allies, all sorts of stuff. That didn't mean nothing. Pharaoh's service. You know people how people felt big and bad because they were, I, I work for Pharaoh. He's the baddest in the land. He 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 has the power to take take you. He has the power to, to kill you. He's got the power. That didn't mean nothing. That 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 protection of being in Pharaoh's household uh, under his servant, uh, being his servant, that didn't mean nothing. And then the Egyptians, whatever they had going on, that didn't mean nothing. Where was their protection? They were wide open and didn't even know it because they didn't even know the 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 what it was going to take to prevent this thing because they weren't connected to the real protection. The real protection is the Lord. Everything else is a false sense of protection. Everything. Everything. Your only true protection is the Lord. And this story showcases that. Pharaoh and all his protection, probably bodyguards. The bodyguards couldn't do nothing. What's a bodyguard going to do against the spirit of God? That money, what, what, what's that mean? Who cares? You could swim in your vault like Scrooge McDuck. It means absolutely nothing. Your good looks, <laughs> who you know, the title, it all, none of it meant nothing. All that false and, 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 and then most most importantly to point out, though all those gods and goddesses that they served. Have you ever studied Egyptology? Have you ever studied their their gods and goddesses? There's a lot of them. I studied it as a child. I remember I, I did a whole presentation on Egypt, and in my presentation, I'm a child, mind you. I was in the fifth grade, I want to say, or sixth grade, so I was either 10 or 11, yeah, because I turned 12 going into the seventh grade. So I was either 10 or 11, and I did this whole big uh, presentation on Egypt, and I still remember drawing the gods, some of the gods and goddesses like Anubis and some of the other ones I remember um, Anuki, I can't remember all of them, but I studied them as a child. I and mean, even as a child, it seemed like hogwash. And and I'm again, I'm a child who's not raised going to church or anything. Um, always fascinated with spiritual things, but I remember when I was reading about their gods and goddesses as a as a child who's unbiased. I'm like, this sounds like a bunch of, you know. Grimm's fairy tales and Aesop's fables. Like, and I read a lot of fairy tales. I, I love fairy tales. Reading about fairy tales, old wives' tales. I studied Greek mythology, all that. So the Egyptians served a lot of gods and goddesses. They had a lot for, and, and a lot of them were for protection. When you study Egyptology and you study some of the plagues, it's uh, it's really God's got a sense of humor. A lot of it is a slap in the face <laughs> to their gods and goddesses because they had a god or goddess to protect everything, right? Their crops, their water sources, everything. So when you if you were to really delve deep into Egyptology and their gods and goddesses, you'll see the parallel between some of the major ones and these plagues. Because God was showing them even through the plagues, 
you don't have no real protection. So if you count on this God to save you, that I'm I'm gonna make a fool out of your God and show you that your God is 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 not real. So even he was giving them an opportunity, I feel like then to show them, um, mm-mm, you ain't serving a real God. You made it up and you made it up completely. Because where is your God to save you? Why you got all these frogs? Don't you got a God over that or a goddess or something? Where, why is your water source bad? Don't you got a God or God? Like it's funny when you when you really study life then and 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 see what God did. Because you, I mean, I don't know about you, but I ask a lot of questions. Why frogs, Lord? Why why flies? Why you know why this? Why why these things? Because God was was making a mockery of their protection and of their gods. And the reason why the scripture is, is written away about Pharaoh and the servants and, and everybody in Egypt. And to say everybody in Egypt, Egypt, but points it out to show that none of them were safe. It didn't matter what their background or title or their money, none of them. And the world, God's going to show the world that. Because a lot of people, when you talk to people and you get around people, boy, people, the things that make them feel safe and secure, whether they have a firearm on them or they got a lot of money in the bank or they, they're part of the blah, blah, family dynasty or, you know, people have all sorts of things that make them feel protected and secure. And God's going to show the world in this upcoming season that without him, there is no protection. That there's nothing that in, in this world that you can do to stop what God once done. If God said it, it's a wrap. That's why as believers, we need to be rejoicing. When God says he'll open doors for you that no man can close and close doors for you that no man can open, you better be rejoicing because that means I don't care what they bring against you. They can bring lawsuits, men in suits. (laughs) It don't matter what they bring. It don't matter what they do. If God before you, who could be against you? If God opened the door, what man and they little man-made stuff and laws and this, okay, can't stop the plans of God. It's arrogant. It's comical. It's absolutely ridiculous, but people think they can. And God's going to show the world that they absolutely have no protection outside of him, that he is the God of, of God. He is the creator of all things. He is the God. He de- determines right or wrong. He's the one who has the, he sets the laws, right? doesn't matter what these man-made laws. Man, men will, will create laws. When I studied criminal justice and how some of these laws come to pass, woo, the corruption, the corruption. They'll find a roadblock, say, oh, you know how we'll get around that? We'll just create a law. We'll just do a bill. We'll do a addendum. We'll do this. I mean, it's just nuts how things go to pass. And it's not for the good of the people. It's for the good of the greedy, corrupt politicians or the people who have something to gain from it. A lot of these laws are just corruption, legalized corruption. But God is the one who sets true laws. So people think, oh, I can just, that's just the law. Okay, well, God's going to show you. That your laws can't stop him. Nothing you can do. Your family name, none of that. 
Let's do a collective prayer, and then I will pray over our callers. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, thanking you, thanking you, Father God, for another opportunity to come before you, Lord. Thanking you for who you are, for loving us, for your protection, your guidance, and your direction, Father God. We just thank you so much for for looking out for us, for giving us instructions, for giving us true protection, for having plans for us with an expected end, not for, for our destruction. We thank you that everything you do is for our good. We thank you that you cause all things to work together for good for those of us who love you and are called according to your purpose. So, Lord, uh, bless your people, Lord. Guide and direct them. Increase them in wisdom and faith. Help them to endure, Father God, so that their endurance could have a perfect work, so that they can lack nothing because their faith will be complete. Help them to hold on to your words and your promises and to, to not get caught up in the words and the promises of the world because you're not like man that you should lie. You don't lie. People lie, whether intentional or unintentional. People have hidden agendas. You don't. You let it be known from the start that you you do it all for love because you love us and you care for us. And so, Lord, help us to remember that in these upcoming days and in weeks and months and years that you love us, that we can trust you, that you will protect us, you will guide us, you will strengthen us, you will take care of us. And let us rejoice in that while the world falls apart, while you do what needs to be done to, to, to bring those um, who will come into the fold into repentance and to seeking you, that we don't have to worry about it, that we are, we are under your protection. So, Lord, help me to decrease as you increase and give your people what they need. Speak to them tonight. Let it be done in Jesus' name. Amen. So, from what I can see, there's only two of you that called in tonight. Um, Randy texted me that he'd accidentally uh, forgot to set the uh, reminder to send out the group text. So this message was, um, this was for you. Only one of you have your hand up. So I'm going to unmute you, get your name, pray for you. Um, and possibly in a little early tonight, which gives me some time to take care of some things before Randy gets on. Um, but take take to heart what I spoke, because again, there's only two of you. This is for you. This is for you. And, of course, anybody who listens to the archive, it's for them. But um, I'm a firm believer that the Lord will isolate and, and will give direct messages um, to certain people. I know he did that with me when I first called into the show. Literally, it was the only person who got through that night, and everything was for me. So uh, what an honor. Uh, okay, so uh, Hello, 504-282, who am I speaking with? Hello, it's Nicole from Louisiana. Hey, Nicole, how are you tonight? I'm doing well. Awesome. How are you guys? Well, this message is for you. It's just you and one other person that I can see. I know some people call in um, or listen in from the computer, um, but just you and one other person. So I'm going to pray for you. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for Nicole tonight. Father God, we thank you for loving her, um, having her in your precious care. Thank you, Lord, for letting her know um, that you that you do protect her, that you protect her. Let let her really feel that deep within, Lord. Every like every fiber of her being, knowing that you protect her. 
that you're with her everywhere she steps her foot, that you're, you're never left at the door, you're never outside waiting in the car, you're never around the corner, or I'm almost, that you're there all the time, every day. And the moment she wakes up, um, and even while she closes her eyes, you're there watching, protecting, guiding, leading, creating paths. Um, so, Lord, we just thank you right now for, for things coming into, in, into place, things falling into place where, where things have been um, seemingly out of order, where, where it felt like it's out of order, where it feels like there's like awkwardness or like uh, transition, where she's going to really feel like things are finally in place. So thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Nicole, what I felt like myself recently, I've been feeling almost antsy, like I know something's about to be different. And so I'm trying not to be anxious because the word says be anxious for nothing. But I am kind of a little antsy. Not anxious. I'm like, I'm not anxious in a bad way, but just like excited. Um, yes, so excited. Yeah, so just excited um, because I know something's about to like significantly shift and change. And I feel like that's what's going on with you. Like, you know, something's about to happen but you don't quite know what, but you know it's something good, but it's, it's like you're in this transition and it's, it's, it's about to fall into place. Like it's like things that have been out of place are about to fall into place. And it's not that you've been um, suffering or anything, but just when things are out of place, you just, there is a little bit of uncomfort that comes along when things are um, out of place, but things are about to be put in place. And it's in, in the feeling that that's going to come, you're going to feel like, oh, man, I've been waiting on this. Like, you know, I've been doing good. I've been, you know, keeping my, my faith. I've been, you know, just trusting the Lord. But, oh, man, it's finally, in, it's finally here. Like, it's finally in place. I don't have to, you know, concern myself with that anymore. I don't have to think about that anymore because it's, it's here. It's arrived. It's in place. Like, that's what I see for you, like things coming into place that have been out of place. And now they're going to be in place. And it's like you're going to be just the peace that comes with that, the peace and, and the increase of faith that's going to come with it. Because it's like you knew, you're like, okay, I knew, but I didn't know, but I knew, but I didn't know, but I knew, I knew God was going to come through, but I yes. still didn't know when and how and all that kind of stuff. It's going to increase your faith. Yes. Because sometimes Thank we think, you. we think that faith, like we have to be like, really like, um, like just knowing, like, yeah, because I know God's going to do this, that, this, that, and the other. Mm, no, you just know he's yeah. going to come through. But you don't really know how. But you yeah. know he's going to, but you don't know how. And so some people think, like, because they don't know how, that it's not faith. And that's not true. Just just trusting that God right. is going to come through, is that's faith enough. You know, but sometimes when you don't quite know, you know, there is that uncertainty. And there's nothing wrong with being uncertain on how it's going to get done as long as you know who's going to do it. And so it's like that peace is going to come on you and your faith is going to increase because you're, you're going to feel like even when you don't have all the answers and you don't quite know, you're still going to have peace because you're going to see how he mm -hmm. keeps coming through with these situations. Like, I didn't know what was going to happen. I knew it was going to work out for my favor. I knew it was going to work out for my good. I knew good was going to come out of it. I just didn't know how it was going to happen, but I just trusted God so that when you're in that place again, 
you don't have any, you know, discomfort or you don't feel no type of way. You're just still at peace. Like, I don't need to have all the answers. I just need to know who Mm -hmm. holds them. I serve the one who holds the answers. And so when it's time for me to know something, he's going to let me know. Because we are going to come into a season, us as a body of Christ, we're going to come into a season like a manna from heaven season where it's, it's a day by day thing. Like, mm-hmm. don't know what tomorrow's going to happen. You know, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen the day after that, but I'm just good for today. Like God's taking care of today's needs. And and we're going to have mm-hmm. to get used to that because we're, we, we live right now in a society. We live in times where we, everything's planned. We plan everything. We're, we're going to do next Tuesday. Oh, we're going to have a staff meeting on Thursday. We're going to do this, that, you know, the in-laws are going to come in on this day, blah, blah, blah. Like everything is planned in advance. But we're going to come into a time where it's just a day-by-day thing. Just trusting mm-hmm. God today and knowing, okay, I got through today. I'm, if God sees fit for me to be in tomorrow, then he's going to get me through tomorrow and so on and so forth because things are going to change. Like life as we know it at some point is going to change. I've seen it. Like God has been preparing me for this for literally years, like 20 years. Grocery stores, mm-hmm. how we eat, how we, you know, barter systems coming back. Like things are going to be totally different. It's not going to be like, oh, I got to go to the store. I'm going to go to Sam's Club and stock up for the week. No, you, there's no Sam's Club. No, no, it's not going to be there. If you don't have certain mm-hmm. things, you're not going to no Sam's Club. If, you, if you're not partaking in certain things, you can't go to the grocery store. Things are going to be rationed out. It's just things are going to change. And so as believers, we're going to get to the point where it's just a day-by-day thing, day-by-day. Mm-hmm. And Part of the the peace that's going to come, even when things get like that, is knowing I don't need to know how. Mm -hmm. I've got to trust trust who. And so what God is about to do in your life, that's going to give you that boost. It's going to like really, your faith level is going to really like shoot through the roof to where like it don't matter what faces you, you you like, I don't know how that's going to end, but I know, I know, I know God. That's what I know. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know how that's going to end, but I know God. So I don't need to know that because that don't matter. That's a temporary situation. But I serve Amen. the eternal So as long as I'm serving the eternal one and, 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 and my soul is secure, that's, I'm good. All that other stuff, mm-hmm. like some of the stuff that's going on right now, like that the enemy's coming at people with, lawsuits and all this kind of stuff, that stuff ain't about to matter in a few months. Nobody's going to care. Nobody's mm-hmm. going to care. There's going to be bigger fish to fry with. Nobody's going to care about that. And so it's like yeah. God is training us now, like, don't worry about all that kind of stuff. Like, don't don't worry. Just serve me. Do what I tell you to do. Mm-hmm. Move God's don't move according to what the world's standards are now because those are going to change. Things are going to change rapidly, mm-hmm. quickly. Mm-hmm. We're going to be blessed. We're going to really see that wealth of the wicked transfer, I believe, in 2024. We're going to see it heavy. Thank you, Jesus. Very heavy. But, yeah, things are about to, like, really fall into place, and your faith is really about to just – where people are going to be like, what's wrong with you? Aren't you worried? No. Yeah. Worry for what? <laughs> I know who I serve. I don't have time for worry. Worry is, is something I can't afford. I, 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 don't, I, don't, mm-hmm. I don't have the, the currency for worry. So I'm not – I, I don't partake in it. I don't own it. I don't possess it. I don't, when it tries to come, I tell it, you know, you got to go back to where you came from. But it's going to like really trip people out because they're going to be like, you should be worried. Should be. According to who? Mm-hmm. 
show me the scripture that shows me mm-hmm. I should be worried, and then I'll do it. But I'm not going to worry. And that's going to help other people because people are, like, literally contagious. You know, you yawn, somebody else is going to yawn. There's just some certain things mm-hmm. that people that subconsciously people follow suit. And when people see you, like, relaxed, chilling, not worried about it, not concerning yourself, they're going to take on that same mentality. Like, you know what? I ain't about to be stressed out or worried about it either. Because then we're going to mm-hmm. see. We're going to see how God takes care of things. We're, we're really going to see. Because the way the world does things, these wicked systems and all this kind of stuff, God is really going to dismantle these systems. And he's going to really strip the world, especially in this country. We're going to really see it because the United States is about to be like chopped at the knees. We're going to lose power. We're going to lose our, you know, standing even when it comes to the, to the world. So we're, we're going to, there's going to be a humbling that's going to take place. As believers, we're good, but we're going to see a lot of people like, we're going to see a lot of suffering around us. Um, and people are going to say, oh, aren't you worried about your money? Aren't you worried about your home? This, any other? No, that don't, that doesn't pertain to me. That's, that's a them problem. I got the blood over the doorpost. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I serve the one who's, who's doing it. I'm on that side. I'm on the side of right. So mm-hmm. what's going on on the side of wrong, that don't, affect me. A thousand is going to fall on my right, 10,000 on my left. That that don't affect me. I'm just going to see them fall, but it's, I'm not going to fall. I'm going to see it, though. I'm, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to observe it, but it doesn't affect me. It just solidifies that God is real, that God is true, that what he says is, is when he says something, it comes to pass. That's all it's doing. Yeah. Just get ready. Faith gonna, your faith levels are going to go through the roof and things are going to fall into place and you're going to just be like, Okay, thank you, Lord. Like, oh man, I'm glad I ain't gotta deal with that no more. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> he really yeah. is. I already sent <laughs> Yeah, I sense it. I sense it recently. I've really been, you know, excited and I feel like God has been giving me glimpses of things to come and for me to start getting excited about it. Um and so when you said what you said about September being a month of change, like I really do feel it in my spirit. Like you said, I don't have all the answers. I don't know exactly what, what, and, um, but I do feel like I'm on the brink, right? Mm -hmm. There's a a big season change, a shift that's coming and I can feel it. Um, And I'm, I'm excited, but I don't know what I'm excited for. Exactly. Exactly. But I'm just excited because I can, Mm -hmm. I can feel, you know, you can just tell almost like when the leaves start to change, um, you know fall is about to come. Mm-hmm. It's, it's when little things start to happen, you know, you know the way God works, and, you know, he doesn't really change. And so you know when he's about to bring a shift because you've seen him do it this way almost similarly before when he's about right. to shift something. And so you know, like, I really do feel like I'm on the on the brink, and I can I can feel something shifting in the spirit. So, you know, I really do know that this word was for me. Thank you so much for leaving. God bless you. You're welcome. God bless you. Do you have anything in particular you want prayer for? Um, I would just say, you know, prayer for strength. Um, for my daughter, she just turned three in the toddler phase. Ooh, I thought Mm -hmm. I had patience. I thought I had the fruits of the spirit, but I don't know. (laughs) Your kids will test you. My oldest daughter, 
she's here visiting. Her birthday is Saturday. She'll be 21 this Saturday. And um, I remember when she was three and I remember going to the Lord in tears. I mean, full blown (laughs) tears. And I was like, Lord, this child is testing me. Like, I, I don't, like, say, so you're thinking you have patience, you think you got it together, but a yeah. child will humble you quick. A child will Ooh. let you know, uh-uh, you don't, yeah. I know you think you had that, but, you yep. know, when, when you put ketchup all on the carpet and do all sort of crazy stuff, won't yeah. take no nap, <laughs> yep, all night running, screaming like a wild banshee, you, they will show you right. that you don't have patience. Yeah. But I remember going to the Lord in full tears, and, and I'm not a, a, a crier, like, mm-hmm. I'm just not. And um, unless it's like something sensitive with people, but I'm just not, I'm, I'm kind of a toughie, not by choice, just how I'm built. Mm-hmm. But I went to the Lord in full-blown tears, and I was like, this child, like, mm-hmm. I feel like this child is, I don't know what to do. Like, I, I don't know what to do, Lord. Like, help me, Lord. I don't know what to do. This is like, mm-hmm. unlike any other child that I have had, you know, as a parent, you have other kids, and you think that they're going to follow suit, and this is, this child is completely mm-hmm. different. And he really sat me down and patted me on top of the head and hugged me and told me what to do and told me I made her like this. I made her strong. Don't don't break her. Don't break her spirit. I'm te- I'm gonna show you how to, you know, teach her obedience and and respect and honor and all these kind of things, but not break her. I'm I'm, I'm gonna teach you. And he did because she's still a very strong mm-hmm. person, you know. She mm-hmm. but she's very mindful. She's a uh, very obedient you know she's she's in the service now she's in a special unit that's like coveted hard to get into um dealing with like technology mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff she's the type that if i give her advice she she literally listens to it it doesn't go in one ear out the other and so mm-hmm. three-year-old i mean i tell her to do something she would not do it she would not mm-hmm. do it. just like I, you know, I'm giving mm-hmm. her the mom look. You know, I'm doing I'm doing everything I know to do. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. pulling out all the tricks. I'm doing the pinch twist on the back of the arm. I'm doing everything. Yeah. Nothing is working. <laughs> Nothing is working. <laughs> so yes. <laughs> I mean, so when I went yeah, to the Lord in tears, I really was like, because I was like, I don't know what to do, Lord. I've tried everything. Mm-hmm. And, I, and nothing's working. And, and she's breaking me. This is not the right order of things. A child shouldn't be breaking the parent. But the Lord yeah. did. He, he directed me on what to do, on even how to speak to her. Because I had to speak to her mm-hmm. different. Taught me about, you know, everybody mm-hmm. has different needs. You know, you can't cookie cut your kids. This one might need a little bit more patience. This one you might need to be a little bit more firm. This one you need to explain things more. And that's what I had to do with that one. And I, I came from a time mm-hmm. where Adults didn't explain Jack to kids. You did it because right. you said it. You know, I said so, yeah. period. And if you even thought to fix yeah. your mouth, I was afraid to even right. think why. I thought I was going to get slapped into the middle of next week for right. even thinking it. So <laughs> I was like, explain it. What? But now that she's older and mm-hmm. I know her, you know, I know, know my child well, I get it. Just the type, the way God made her, she does need a lot of it helps her to make sense of things. She's not trying to be defiant or, you know, insubordinate. Mm-hmm. It's just the way God made her. But that's what he, that's, that helped me with her explaining, Hey, you know, if you don't do this and this is going to happen, or we do this because of this reason, this is a child that like, she wouldn't, she wouldn't potty. She would not potty. All my other mm-hmm. kids, potty quick. This is the only one of my kids that no nope, pull ups. She's pooping them. She's urinating them. Like she didn't care. <laughs> 
And so I, want, I really want everybody to go to daycare or, or after school care. No, it was pre, pre, pre-K through the school system. I took her up there. She was so excited. Oh, big girl school. And I was like, oh, yeah, mm, yeah, no, you can't go. No big girl school for you. And she was like, why? Like, she was so upset. Why can't I go to big girl school? I said, because you don't know how to go to the potty. And they only take kids that go to the potty. Because at this point, I was used to explaining things to her. Do you know yeah. that from that day on, that child never had an accident? She went potty from that day. Like Glory. Yes, Lord. And so yes. explaining things to her really did help. So mm-hmm. and I was trying to explain to her why we would go potty. You know, big girls do it and this, any other, and she didn't care. She still was not doing it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Lord, I'm doing what you told me to do. I'm explaining to the child why we got to do this. It's not working. Mm-hmm. He's like... <laughs> He's like, keep explaining, you know, keep explaining. And then when the pre-K thing came up, he goes, take her. And I'm like, for what? She doesn't even know how to go potty. It says right here that part of the requirement is the kid has to go potty. And the Lord said, no, just take her. And she was just so excited. And I was just ready, ready to bust her bubble. I said, mm, yeah, no, you can't go. You're not a big girl because you mm-hmm. don't potty. Mm-hmm. So the Lord is going <laughs> to give you what you need for that child. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father God, that you are... You are our helper, and you've given us a helper. We have the Holy Spirit within us. So, Lord, guide her for every every child, Lord. Guide her for her daughter, Lord. Let her know what she needs to do for that particular child because you made that child. We think we made children. We, we had a part of it, but you created that child. You knew her before you placed her in her mother's womb. You had a plan and a purpose for her. You know her ins and outs. You know how many hairs that she has on her head. You know how you've developed her brain. You know what personality type she has. You know the purpose and the mission that you have placed in her life. So help her, Lord, to guide her daughter and and, and, and shape and mold her to be who you've created her to be. Give her the patience, Father God. Teach her how to overcome, how to endure, and how to release any old teachings that she may have that's hindering her from doing what you want her to do. It's all about obedience. Sometimes we have to undo some of our teachings that were not bad teachings per se, but just don't apply in every situation of our life. So help her to undo the things that's hindering her from doing what you want her to do. And we thank you for, for her daughter's life. We thank you for the plan that you have for her life, that it will fully come into fruition. And let it be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus name. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you for that testimony. That blessed me. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. I feel like you were talking about my daughter exactly. But you know, that's how that works. I'm telling you, my daughter. God bless you. I, I love yeah. I love that's, that that's, girl. that's my daughter, yeah. Abigail. She's she's very strong willed, but she's really smart and it's fun you said explain things because I really do spend a lot of time explaining things and it Mm -hmm. usually does work but when I'm in a rush and I'm like you know really spent it's really hard for me to be patient enough to really go into detail and explain but it's so funny because it really does work with her usually Mm -hmm. um so yeah thank you for that testimony you're welcome yeah so that helps and then even with my daughter she's strong real giving her options you know, again, this is something I had to I had to break this because I wasn't given options. You ate it, period. You put that on, period. And and the Lord said, you know, give her options. So, do you want to wear your 
blue shoes today or do you want to wear your black shoes today to make her feel like she has some sort of sense of control. She really don't because you're going to wear one of the pair of shoes I want you to wear. You want to put your jacket on first or do you want to put your pants on right. first? The Lord really had to train me how to deal with her to wear <laughs> Felt like a sense of she had some sort of control, but really I feel like she's controlling different things. Do you want to eat your oatmeal first, or do you want to eat your grapes first? Mm -hmm. You know, so like things like that. God will tell you; He'll show you what you need to do. But strong-willed is exactly to that. That describes my daughter. And I'd even bought this book called The Strong-Willed Child. Trying things, nothing was working. That's why I went to the Lord in tears. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Help me. Yeah, he's going to help you with her. The strong-willed child. I I saw that book at a good I said, oh, Lord, this must be for me because that child, that's a strong-willed child right there. I mean, just go to bed. No. Like, you're telling me no? I'm a scary person. I'm putting my scary face on. You're telling me no? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I would never. I'm like, you're I am thinking, old. okay, maybe it's the COVID babies because she's three. These COVID babies are different. <laughs> you know, maybe it's the vaccine. It's something some right. spiritual going on with the vaccine. You know, here I am trying to make sense of it in the spirit realm. But right. uh, no, this has been going on for years. They're strong-willed children. You said your daughter's how old? <laughs> 21. This Saturday. Yeah, this has been going on a while. So, so yeah, yeah I, I just have to learn. I got to learn. I got to learn her. So I'll, I'm going to look for that book. Yes, the strong will child. It was helpful, but the Lord, I mean, when he directly told me. But, yeah, that child telling me no, I mean, it would blow my socks off. I'm like, you're, what? I mean, wow. no, with a straight face. Or I'd say, you know, it's time yeah. to put our crowns up and take a nap. Um, I'm going to check on some things and come back. And when I come back in, you, be- you better be in your bed. I come back, she's still playing with the crowns. I'm like. You don't, you really don't care. Like, I don't know if this is boldness. I don't know what this is, but I mean, no fear. Right. I threaten her. I'm going to really thank bold. you. I'm going to make you sit in the corner. I'm going to take away TV. T- I tried everything. She did not care. Like, she, she would take them spankings. She would take her time out. She would take, she didn't care. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I don't know what to make of this because this, this is, I know I can give kids a scary look. I mean, my friends would use me to put their children in line. Like, I'm going to call Miss Tanisha. Oh, no. The, I mean, the fear of God would come on them. And this one didn't care. Right. Yeah. She didn't care. But <laughs> when I started doing what the Lord said, explaining things, and like you said, and even having to make that time, because sometimes you just, you're just done for. Like, put a fork in you. Like, you're done. And, and telling her, you know, mommy's really tired right now. But you know, and explaining in different ways. Like, basically, you, you need to just do what I'm telling you to do. I'm tired. I will let you know later. But I feel like I'm negotiating mm-hmm. with child. I shouldn't have to be negotiating with no child. Right. <laughs> yes. And and I think that would be, like, kind of, Abby, calm down. So I think, you know, that, that would be something I would struggle with because I'm not used to – I didn't grow up with explanations. Abby, I'm talking right now. You need to be patient. Please. You need to be patient. I'm talking right now. So as you can see. <laughs> now she wants some attention. And even using please. Right? I had to I had to ask my daughter that a lot too. Can can you please not or can you please sit down and wait for mommy to be done? And I wasn't my parents didn't say please to me. You better do it because right. I said so. 
<laughs> but I had to exactly. learn how to do that to say, please, you know, please. And thank you so much. I really appreciate you, you know, being quiet yeah. for mommy. I, you know, that was so nice of you. That was so, you know, that made mommy very happy and things like that. I'm like, what am I doing? But it worked. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you got this, mom. It might feel weird. Like I said, sometimes we got to break some of them old ways that we were taught. And it's not that it was wrong, yeah. but it just don't apply. Mm-hmm. Like how I was raised, didn't right. apply with that one. It, for all my other kids, it worked. But that one, no. Mm-hmm. I mean, she did not care. There was not a care to be found. I could have ordered care. I could have injected her with care. and She still wouldn't have got it. Like she wanted to do what she wanted to do. And then when she'd see me like so sad, I'm like, oh, my gosh, it makes mommy so sad. You know, because the Lord's like, to explain to her how it makes you feel. And I'm like, I don't have to tell no kid how I feel. He's like, explain to her. And I'm like, it makes me very sad when you don't do what I say because I love you and I, I'm doing what's best mm-hmm. for you. And mommy wants you to, you know, have a good night's sleep or mm-hmm. eat healthy, whatever the case may be. I had to explain that to this child. And I had to get used to mm-hmm. doing that. But um, it worked. And I'm telling you now, this child, she's an obedient child. Well, she's 21. She's an adult now. But she's good with obedience. Mm-hmm. She's good with direction. She's still strong-willed. Mm-hmm. She's not afraid to tell people that's not right or I don't like that or I don't like how this makes mm-hmm. me feel or when you talk to me like that, it makes me feel this way. And and when I give her advice, she takes it. Like she listens mm-hmm. to what I tell her to do. And I would have never thought of that. This was the wayward child. This would have been the prodigal. Like <laughs> that's what I saw for her. So I'm like, she don't care. But no. She, I mean, she graduated top 10% of her class. Like this, this, this child, out of all my kids, she like, she really handles her business. She's very good with money. Um, She's disciplined. She, she eats right. Like, and this was a child that only wants to eat hot dogs and pizza. Like she didn't want to eat nothing else, hot dogs and pizza. But now she's like fruit, vegetable. Like, I mean, I would have never guessed that she would be what she is, especially at such a young age. At 21, mm-hmm. I thought maybe at 40 it would kick in or something because like she was just, I don't want to eat that. I want to eat hot dogs. I want to eat pop tarts. I want to. I'm like, oh my gosh, this child is <laughs> overweight. She's gonna be running the streets. She's gonna be in the clubs. She go none of that. Yeah, she's yeah. none of that. So just just uh, let Abigail be great. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and you do what you do. Because uh, it, it's gonna it, it's gonna pan out. You're gonna you're gonna be proud of her. You're gonna be like, oh my gosh, and you're gonna tell stories. I tell my daughter stories all the time, and she she just laughs. I'm like, man, you you were you you broke me down. Like you really did. I was like, mm-hmm. if, if 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 I had an Achilles heel, it was you. Yes. <laughs> if I had yes. a thorn on my side, if yes. I understood Paul and his thorn, you were the thorn. I'm like, because as a child, you used to just take me there where I'm like. Oh my gosh! Can I drop a four-year-old off at the fire station, or would that be highly right. problematic? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, goodness. I just sit. Sometimes, you know, after she goes to bed, I just sit and look at the walls. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how I, I never would have made it. I never would have <laughs> made it. <laughs> that Marvin Sapp song. I never would have made it. <laughs> For but, real. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, that's what she does. But um, yeah, thank you so much for that testimony. That's beautiful. So I'll let her be great. I'm gonna look into that book, order that, and 
I'm going to figure this out. Me and God are going to figure this out together. Mm-hmm. You're going to get it together. She's going to be fine. You're going to be fine. And your patience, you're going to have the patience of Job after dealing with that one. Where anybody that comes to you with jobs or you're going to be like, man, I survived Abigail. You're going to have to come harder than that. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny because, you know, I actually do work in, um, I work with children um, and adults who've been diagnosed with autism. And these are like some of the most severe cases in the state. And I um I just started the position like seven months ago, and most people are like, oh, my goodness, isn't this overwhelming, isn't it? And it's, it's a lot, but it honestly is nothing compared to Abby, mm-hmm. nothing compared to Abigail. I'm like, oh, I know how to deal with this. I know what to do with this. Mm-hmm. It's not as bad because I feel like she really has stretched me in terms of patience. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, every, God uses it all because I, I mean, dealing with her, my daughter and her nose and it, sometimes it was like a brick wall. I really learned how to deal with people like that were very strong willed and I see it. So I just know how to talk to them. So it really did help. Yeah. Me. You know, God uses everything for mm-hmm. our good. So she's she's making you better, even though I feel like she's driving you a little nuts, but she's making you better at the same uh-huh. time. So, I mean, God's using mm-hmm. it. and. So yeah, you just you count it all joy because it's a trial. It feels like a trial, but it's 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 sharpening you, yes. it's molding you, it's sharpening her, it's molding her, and you guys are both going to be fine. So God is good, and and He's going to work all that out. And in hindsight, you're going to be like, girl, thank you, because if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have been able mm-hmm. to do this the other deal with certain personality types. Because mm-hmm. once I dealt with you, everything else was a cakewalk. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for calling in tonight. I'm going to continue to pray for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. God bless you all. Thank you. God bless you. Okay. Another person slide in that put their hand up. Let me get your information. Nine five four five eight zero. Who am I speaking with? You there? Nine five four five eight zero. I can hear some background noise, but I don't hear you. Well, your hands up, so I'm gonna mute you and pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for nine five four five eight zero. Lord, the 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 soundness, the sound mind. Because the Lord has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, peace, and a sound mind. And I see you really operating in having a sound mind. You don't have anything to fear, right? The Lord hasn't given us a spirit of fear, so that's not from the Lord. And 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 yeah, sometimes we 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 can become afraid, right? Um, but it's different operating in a spirit of fear. And I see God breaking fear off of you, um, and and you really understanding what it means to have a sound mind, a sound mind. Look that up, sound mind, because I'm out of time. Let me look it up real quick, because I don't think it's gonna cut me off this this soon. Sound. Let's look up sounds. We know what our mind is. Let's see if maybe I could put sound mind because it's giving me sound like a uh, musical. <laughs> uh, sound mind means sane and rational, right? So if he hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of a sound mind, that means the spirit of fear produces a, a, a mind that's not that's not sound, which means it's irrational and it's insane. So 
we don't want to ever operate in a spirit of fear because then our thoughts um, and our mind become irrational and insane. So let's find that scripture real quick about what the Lord found mine. That's 2 Timothy 1. Uh, for God did not, uh, yes, 2 Timothy 1, 7, sorry. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment and personal discipline, abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. Um, reading that out of King James says, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So I see you operating in that sound mind. Just rebuke any type of fear that tries to come on you in Jesus' mighty name, that you walk in peace and that you will walk in your knowledge that you are the righteousness of God, that he loves you, and that he's directing your paths. And let, it, let that be done in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, 831. So I am out of time. Call back into Randy's show. He did send out a text um, letting us all know that there's no Zoom tonight, just regular blog talk. So call in to the regular blog talk number at 845. That number is 319-527-6737. On uh, Wednesdays, uh, Randy typically gives a word, and then he prays over everybody who's um, got their hand up, and you get your hand up by hitting one. So thank you for tuning in tonight. I love you all. Um, until next time, good night.